Hello and welcome to episode 171 of NCP, the special Bo's Having a Vacation episode. Well, it is Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving in uh, USA land. As we speak, he's probably sleeping off a turkey gourmet. I know this kind of breaks the, 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 the magical illusion of the show, but uh, we're actually recording on a separate day, on a different day that we actually normally record it. So we're recording Friday night, which means that it's actually 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, we're actually, uh, we're recording a little bit early because uh, we we're, we're going to be busy on the Sunday, but uh, yeah, it's unusual. Recording at night? I feel weird. I feel sleepy. Does it feel weird? Yeah, I feel sleepy but too. I'm sleepy. That's because we're old people. I'm usually sleeping in the morning as well, so. Yeah. It must be just a small window during the day. <laughs> you can't win either way. Um, so it's not going to be a huge episode. Uh, there won't be any uh, Azerothian times, mainly because there's nothing really all that much happening. Although, uh, the last episode with Bo, last Azerothian times, we had so much to talk about, we forgot to mention that it is, in fact, WoW's 11th birthday. So that's pretty cool. So I've been playing the game for 11 years now. Do you know the statue? Well, I've got to play for another nine years to get a statue, I suppose. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. But, uh, it's um, like wedding anniversaries, so the 20th one something different. It's, it's not, not statue, it's a... It's, 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 it. it's an actual follower, so somebody comes and follows you everywhere. If I've been playing for 20 years, I expect my name in the game somewhere. Like, immortalised forever. That'd be awesome. Which they should do because of the wardrobe. wardrobe. <laughs> Thank you. See, I do listen. You know me so well. I do listen. Blizzard, if you're listening, you can take the idea. Just put me in the game. And Bo as well. Put me at Bo and me in the game. They've taken it, dude. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, wait, so you're not super long. So, yeah, uh, we're going to have uh, a couple of reviews and Contest of Champions. And that's basically the show. Nice, quick one. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so for the reviews... Um, I was going to review the latest Bond film, Spectre, um, but uh, I decided not to in the end because essentially my review is going to boil down. So, uh, well, all right, I'll, I'll quickly do it now. Essentially, the, boil, the, the review boils down to this. It's not a very good Bond film. It's, just, it's, basically, it's a Bond film that it actually isn't very Bondy. It's actually quite boring. Daniel Craig looks like he's under duress in this film, you know what I mean? So it feels like it's, it's, almost, it's like there's somebody off stage with a gun pointed pointed at a teddy bear saying, you know, do it or the teddy bear gets it. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, it just looks really bored. Um, and the the big, the big reveal, right? So it's, it's, it's it basically, it brings me back to Star Trek 2. So the, the reboot, the Star Trek Rubies movie. So Star Trek Into Darkness, right? So the big, the big revelation that Cumberbomb was actually playing Khan, right? It means nothing in this, the context of that reboot universe, because the people of that universe don't know who Khan is. And so having a, a big revelation that he's Khan, it's cool for all the fanboys, but the actual people in the actual universe itself, nobody gives a rat's ass. Except the old Spock. Yeah, well, that's it. So when old Spock shows up and he's like, oh, no, he's horrible. Yeah, that all makes sense. So anyway, so it's a very similar deal. And so we've, we've uh, the revelation of who, uh, what's his last name? It's Christopher something. What's his last name? What's it? Awesome. He's an awesome actor. He's awesome, awesome stuff. So the, the revelation of who his character is, and I won't spoil it for anybody who maybe who um, who's been living under a rock and doesn't know, but uh, it really means nothing in this rebooted Bond universe. You know what I mean? So if it hadn't had the reboot for Casino Royale, and they actually were admitting that Daniel Craig's Bond was the same as all the other Bonds, then it may mean something, but because it is actually a reboot, it really means nothing. Um, it doesn't bring anything to the table. 
But that's actually not even the worst thing. The worst thing is there's actually another reveal that, of course, I'm also not going to spoil, that is so ridiculous. I mean, it is so absolutely stupid that I actually just stopped watching at that point. I mean, the, the, film, the film was still going, but I was like, yeah, I'm in another world. Austin Powers show up. <laughs> that actually would have been cool. But no, I mean, yeah, baby. It, for the sake of the continuity of the movie, it would have been terrible. But <laughs> it would have been, but it would have been no worse. Let me just say that would have been not not as dumb as the big reveal. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it's a benchmark. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's the very short Spectre review. I mean, honestly, I give it maybe one out of five, purely because Christopher is awesome. I want to say Lambert, but I know that's wrong. No, no, it's, 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 it's you know, Waltz or Waltz or something. Christopher Waltz, the German okay. guy. Yep. The from I saw him on Django the Graham Norton show. Apparently yep. in the 70s he was on a children's TV show. Oh. And in like sort of a wiggle type outfit. It was quite creepy. That's awesome. <laughs> he's, I mean, he is awesome in everything he does, so that's good. Uh, so, yeah, so that's my very quick mini uh, Spectre review. Uh, for our actual proper reviews... We're going to have uh, Crystal is going to be doing the BBC program Wipeout, uh, which you know for really like really meta is actually playing on the screen as we speak, which is pretty cool. <laughs> the sound muted, um, and uh, I'm going to be reviewing the latest Netflix Marvel, well, the Marvel Netflix original uh, show Jessica Jones. There we go, ladies first. If I can tear my eyes away from the screen for a little while. I know, it's weird that it's actually bland, is it? We don't really have something to, to distract us. <laughs> we could turn the TV off, I suppose. But... Yeah, we, we probably should. But I, I, do, I like the, the meta effect of it. Yes. We're talking about Total Wipeout UK. Now, there is an American version and there is an Australian version, which only went for about nine episodes. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, Total Wipeout UK went from 2009 to 2012. Um, and we've been watching lots of it really recently because they've been playing it every weeknight on ABC2 here in Australia. Yeah, they started playing it on the weekends, just the Saturday and the Sunday, but it must have rated so well that they're actually now playing it every week. Well, they switched weekday. it out when um, the new Doctor Who started. Yeah. So we're playing replays of the more recent series of the Doctor Who. I was going to say old Doctor Who, but they mm. haven't played that for years. They should. They bloody well should. If you're listening, ABC2. Bloody new. Let's anyway. get some um, Hartnell on the screen. <laughs> that would be awesome. So it's hosted by Richard Hammond, who people will know of Top Gear fame, and uh, he sits in a studio in England, while Amanda Barham uh, presents from poolside, I guess you'd call it. Hmm. Courtside? <laughs> courtside. Courtside. Yeah, it's definitely poolside. Uh, <laughs> courtside, I like that. It's basically... Um, if you're listening, Australians are listening, it's, it's kind of like it's a knockout, but yeah. on a grander scale. Yeah. Um, Far better scale. And for Americans, it's kind of like American Ninja, but a lot less serious. Yeah. But maybe a little bit more dangerous because it's not as precise. <laughs> <laughs> so true. They, they've varied up the, um, the course over the seasons, but the consistent mainstayer is the Big Red Balls. Now, you can't, who can't love a show that's got Big Red Balls in it? Giggity! <laughs> the Big Red Balls is my favourite uh, uh, obstacle. Uh, you've got a... Um, it's probably about the middle of the, the qualifier course. Mm. Yeah, um, usually people are covered in mud by this stage, and the, very few people make it all across. It's, it's basically... Think about... F- Four boxing gloves on a stick. That's what it, kind of what it looks like. And they're in a pool. And you've got to go up on this high platform and bounce across them. I actually think the they're, they're more like those medicine ball things that you get in gyms. 
Oh, like a Swiss ball. Yeah, like a Swiss ball. They yeah. look like giant Swiss balls. Giant Swiss balls, but they're sort of rubbery. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to actually describe, describe the actual game itself for people who maybe don't know? The actual game itself, okay, so you've got the qualifier round of which the big red balls are a part. Uh, um, they basically start out with 20, 22 contestants, something like that, um, and they've all got to make it through the qualifier round. The top 12, 12 times make it through to the next round, which has changed over the seasons. So the episode we're currently watching is uh, Crash Mountain, which is my favourite one. Mm. So they all stand on a podium and they've got to run across to the middle uh, on this platform that spins around while trying not to get knocked into the water by two other sweeper arms. Mm. Pretty sweet. And then the next round is always Dizzy Dummies. They vary up the, the obstacles a bit, but they start out getting spun around like Dizzy Dummies. Mm. Oh, no, they, later on there's a... There's a I don't know what they call it. They run around on this cone thing. Where, oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Support crew throw luggage at them. Yeah, luggage or yeah. or teddy bears or toys. And, and then you got your last round, which is the wipeout zone. Which is um, you, by this point, there's only three contestants left, and the fastest one obviously wins, and they win ten thousand pounds and a trophy. Pretty sweet. Quite often, uh, don't end up making it as far as watching the wipeout zone. We sort of lose interest after the first round. But <laughs> Sometimes it gets to the end and it gets quite nail-biting because you, you you end up with a contestant that you quite like. Yeah. They're all, they're all characters and uh, Richard Hammond likes to give them all nicknames. nicknames. My favourite one was Giggity Biggity Alley. Giggity Biggity Alley. Yeah, that's my favourite nickname. I wanted to do Giggity Biggity Iggity, <laughs> but it ended up doing Giggity Iggity Blop. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what he said, except in a Turkish accent. Yeah. So, um, that was my pathetic Turkish I've not seen the, the other variants of the show, the Australian version, which was hosted by Australia's own James Brayshaw and Josh Lawson. <laughs> and, I've never done it say in Australia's own, it was Australia's version. It's the NCP thing to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's an American version, so I haven't seen that either. But I assume it's a, um, any, any other American sporting sort of contest I've seen, and the commentators get very excited. Yeah. So I assume it's similar lines. But um, I like Richard Hammond's presenting style, sort of laid back and a lot of dad jokes. Uh, and, 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 yeah, so it's a good way to pass the evening if you don't have to concentrate too much. A few laughs. I'll give it a uh, three and a half out of five looks. Three and a half out of five looks? Maybe four. No, three and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Given that I said we often lose interest before the end. Well, I think it's because we've seen them multiple times now. Yes. Each episode multiple times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I, we do enjoy it. Yeah. The <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm amazed no one's killed themselves. Oh, I just can't imagine. Like, surely someone's broken a bone or a neck or something. Oh, there's been at least a broken ankle that I'm aware of. Um, there's, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed someone hasn't snapped their neck. But, uh, crazy. My favourite bits is when somebody makes it across the big red balls in spectacular fashion. Yeah, we always get very excited when someone actually manages to cross. And in the first yeah. series, is the first is the best one. The, yeah. Is one of the one of the dudes. He basically just runs across. Just runs across it like cash. That's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. So, there you go. There you go. Total Wipeout UK. You know, if you're in Australia, give it a look. It's on ABC Two around seven thirty ish. I think it's seven thirty. Seven thirty ish after yeah. Swicks and Specs. <laughs> awesome Otherwise you could probably find it on YouTube Cool, so I am reviewing the Netflix original series Jessica Jones It is uh, the next step in the Marvel Netflix se- uh, series 
or groups of series that eventually will become the Defenders. I thought you were going to say the next step in the Marvel bid to take over the world. Well, it practically is. This is basically <laughs> Marvel saying, you know, we're going to create the greatest TV shows you've ever seen. And they're doing a pretty decent job. Um, so the first one was Daredevil, uh, and then we've got uh, Jessica Jones, which is based on the comic book Alias. Not the Jennifer Garner alias. Well, I said the comic book. Yeah, but that is that the same thing? No. No, oh, okay. <laughs> Completely different thing. Well, um, well so, I mean, they do make more than one version of things sometimes, so I was that just, is, yes. just, just checking. Just like there's multiple wipeouts. There's multiple aliases. Yes. Uh, by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and... Uh, the which would then, then of course will then be followed up with uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, which I'm intrigued to see how they translate that. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so it's um it's a 13 episode uh, contained series, and I am up to episode eight. No, I've started episode nine. Um, so I'm actually not reviewing the the full series. I'm, I'm reviewing it up until this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's creator. It's his creator is listed as Melissa Rosenberg, so I, I assume she's the creator of the TV version of it because she's not Mark, Brian Michael Bendis who created the the comic book. Maybe um, she's his alias. No, well, she's she's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> so Melissa Rosenberg, uh, people would know from the Twilight series, uh, um, and she also did some writing uh, on uh, the OC, I do believe. Uh, it stars uh, Kristen Ritter, um, who you may know from uh, The Bitch in Apartment 23 and... Uh, she was also in Breaking Bad, uh, and she's got uh, some cred. Yeah, and uh, Australia's own Rachel Taylor is uh, is in the show as well. I don't know Rachel Taylor. Is she related to Noah? I don't believe so. She's from Tasmania. All Australians are related. So I doubt it. Um, so yeah, so she's yeah she's from Tassie, and uh, she's been she's been in uh, Transformers and and uh, various other stuff. Australia's own. Australia's own. <laughs> Yay! As soon as I saw her, I knew who she was. <laughs> um, so she wasn't on Home and Away or something. <laughs> well, she might have been. I don't know. Chris Hemsworth was. She. Oh, she might have been. All right, let's have a quick look. Rachel, since she's Australian, we'll have it. We will actually have a quick look. Um, so she was in. She was in an episode of McLeod's Daughters. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's pretty cool. Uh, Transformers, um, Shudder, Cedar Boys, Red Dog. She's in quite a few episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. Oh, she was in the Charlie's Angels re- TV reboot. That was terrible. Never, terrible show. Uh, and The Darkest Hour. There you go. She's in a bunch of stuff. And a bunch of other stuff. Why, well. why would you reboot a TV show that wasn't that great to begin with? I don't know. Sexy ladies. You'd think they'd rate. But the show would crap. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show that even sex appeal is not going to save you if the show you is, is some, terrible. Some se- You've got to have some, some semblance of, of quality. story. <laughs> So, I don't, know, I don't know. I've only seen one episode. It could be brief. Um, and, it's, and, of course, it stars a whole bunch of other people as well. But, uh, the, 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 of course, the main person to mention is David Tennant, who plays Kilgrave, the villain of the piece. Who? David Tennant. Who? Oh! Oh, I see what you got there. Well done. Well done. did not pick up on You got me. That was a that was a got me. I got you with a dead joke. I appreciate that. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, so like I said, uh, I haven't actually finished, but if the quality continues and uh, I've been assured by people that I trust that it does, this is amazing. I actually think if it continues to be as good as it is now, it's better than Daredevil. It's uh, really, really impressive work. Uh, so like I said, it's based on the comic book Alice. It has had a number of things changed. 
uh, Jessica Jones in both the comic and the TV show is a private detective, uh, but she was also a former superhero, um, and she didn't uh, she didn't do very well. I mean, she 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 wasn't very good as a superhero, but also, but not only that, she also uh, pretty early in her career encountered. Uh, the Purple Man. Um, it's a, in the, he's actually not referred to as the Purple Man in the show, but in the comic, he's the Purple Man, who is Kilgrave, as played by David Tennant. Um, and he has the ability of mind control. It's it's pretty impressive mind control. It's basically it's if you hear his voice. So he gives you if he can give you if he can somehow give you a vocal command, then you're immediately under his control. In the comic, uh, it's pretty ambiguous of what. He actually does with her when he's she's under his control. She he basically takes her under control because he likes the idea of having, you know, a sexy female superhero that he can command because he's you know he's constantly being beaten up by all the other superheroes and stuff. So it's implied, but never actually specifically mentioned that he sexually assaults her. In the show, there's there's no if no if buts or maybe. So he definitely definitely rapes her. It's and um, and I find that I found it to be a sort of an interesting sort of. Uh, change in the comic because in the comic even though it was a sort of an an adult's imprint comic kids could still have access to it and read it and stuff and so they had to be as ambiguous as they possibly could but the show's taken it into its its natural progression and it's essentially treating the story as i mean it's, it's not only is it important that the fact that he physically assaulted her and so physically raped her is is obviously bad but the fact that he took took over her mind and made her do things that she that was against her will. He's actually mentally raped her. And so it's very much a, a survivor's story. So she's she's uh, she got her powers at a younger age that involved the death of her family. So she has a survivor's guilt from there. Um, she's, you know, working hard in a city that where she doesn't she doesn't basically doesn't want to use her powers in a sort of an overt superhero-ish type way, but she's still needs to make a living and so she's doing this you know crappy job that she hates but she thinks but she actually is actually quite good at it. she's actually a good fire protective she you know she's spiraling she's spiraling out of control she's, she's only got one person who actually loves her um who is played by rachel hunter who's uh patsy walker um and uh rachel taylor yeah, Rachel Taylor, <laughs> who plays Patsy Walker. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've got something in the back of my brain that I want to say about that. So I've actually, so I, I messed it up. So, um, yeah, and so, yeah, she's a mess. She's a mess emotionally. She's a mess physically. I mean, she doesn't eat properly. Um, she's, she's an alcoholic, and you know, she's, she gets into uh, a, a tricky situation with Luke Cage. Luke Cage is also um, in the show in, in a prominent role, and uh, they, they create if they have uh, like a love affair but there's no love it's purely physical you know sex 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 and rough and violent and stuff and they, they he eventually discovers she eventually discovers that he has powers and he in turn figures out that she has powers and so they then have like really rough and <laughs> tumble sex because they can both withstand that sort of stuff god because his powers is that he can't his skin can't be cut and her powers is that she's you know strong and endurance and stuff like that yeah so but it also becomes a survivor story in the fact that she was under Kilgrave's control and managed to break free um and he has sort of partly resented and admired her for that it's the very first time that he's ever since he was 10 where he hasn't automatically gotten what he wanted someone actually was able to resist what he said Mm. um so it's got that as well, which I which I think is just I think it's I think it's very very well done. It's like it's you know it's it quite often what what is quite often is the case is that you'll have 
you know, a story with a, you know, I mean, the main star of the show is a female superhero, which is, you know, how rare is that? It's unbelievable. Um, so, you know, and, and so often is the case where you have a strong female character, you know, some arsehole writer pulls in the red card, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's so tired and it's, it's a borderline offensive. I was actually just thinking that, that you wouldn't find that in Batman's backstory. Like, like they kill off his parents, but that's as you know bad as it gets for Batman. Right, but it is an, intrig- an integral, integral part of her story. Like rape, rape exists. You know what I mean? And so, but the fact that they're then now treating not just the physical aspect of it, but just everything else about exactly how Kilgrave's powers works as rape is, I think, I don't know why I said the word rape so forcefully just then, but uh, but just but I just I just think it's a, it's an interesting and valid take on the subject and it just works so very well like they're covering all the aspects of it about not just the assault itself but the effects that it has on not only the person who was directly affected but the people around them as well um and it also deals with sort of other aspects of you know it's a loss of control and guilt and shame and and that sort of stuff it's actually really quite cerebral for you know a superhero show sort of stuff there's very little in the use of powers, you know what I mean? I mean, she's, I mean, she uses her super strength to sort of get into places quite often, like breaking locks and stuff, and to beat up people, and that, that's about essentially as it goes. But she's not infallible. I mean, she, her, and and some other dude, you know, a human dude, actually get, you know, taken out pretty pretty easily by a group of guys. But uh, I think that's worth discussion and you know worth worthy of the show. Uh, the other things, I, the other thing that I really like is. The casting of uh, David Tennant as Kilgrave, I think, is a stroke of genius. When they first announced it, I knew instantly that they weren't going to do the Purple Man version of Kilgrave because no actor of David Tennant's calibre is going to d- allow them to paint him purple. For the, I mean, the Purple Man is actually purple. So, you know, I was obviously not going to happen. And, and of course they didn't. So the, 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 as far as they go is they were making wear purple suits. But... Having David Tennant as the Purple Man is it works so well because this version of Purple Man, I mean the comics, Purple Man is 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 nobody, right? He's, he's a loser, but this version of him in the show is is multifaceted. They actually delve into why he is the way he is. So I mean, ever since I mean his childhood was horrible. His parents experiment. He got his powers because his parents experimented on him, and ever since then, ever since he's ten years old, anybody would do exactly what he said they would do, and so he would never he never actually knew whether people were responding to him in a natural way because just a simple the way he worded things meant they were instantly under his control anyway he couldn't control whether they were actually under control mm. and so he's quite lonely and and it's it's also you know skewed his sort of the, his view of the world and sort of stuff like that but on the flip side he is a villain <laughs> he's still an arsehole and uh, and he's still a rapist so um it's he's not a nice person in any way, shape, or form. And the thing with David Tennant is, is that he's naturally likable. Like, so we as an audience are used to liking him as because he was the Doctor. I think this is where it works so well, is because we know him as the Doctor. And even if you don't know him as the Doctor, he still just seems like a nice dude. So he just seems like a likable sort of guy. And so having him be this, you know, monster, uh, I think is. Is just is very so very well done. It just works really really well. So even though that's I know that's the trick they're playing, I still play I still play into it and let it, and let it affect me. It's actually quite good. 
And uh, the the Patsy Walker then, as uh, as I was saying before, Australia's own Rachel Taylor. Hmm. Uh, she it is, is pretty interesting because in the comic, um, her best friend is uh, Carol Danvers, uh, Miss Marvel, and they decided to not use her. I assume either, a because she's would cost more money because she has powers of her own, and also because they're going, they're going to make a Miss Marvel, Captain, uh, Captain Marvel uh, movie. Um, so they've replaced her with uh, Patsy Walker, who is in the comics Hellcat, um, but they've given her. There's really cool uh, sort of backstory. So she's not Hellcat in the show. Well, at least not yet. I mean, maybe she becomes Hellcat late at the end of the se- at the end of the season. But um, I'm actually thinking it would make more sense if she becomes Hellcat in the Defenders movie. But anyway, I, di- I digress. Um, yeah. So she's Patsy Walker. So in uh, Patsy Walker in the Marvel comics, actually first started as like a romance comic back like right at the very beginning of Marvel comics. Um, they were doing. You know, you know, romance and crime and the same sort of comics that everybody was doing. Mm. Superheroes weren't really all that big, um, and she was one of those. She was like a, a like a teenage romance comic type yeah. stuff. So in the sh- in the TV show version of her, they've done something quite similar to that, but sort of a sort of a modern sort of version of it to, to, to bring it sort of up to date. She's she was actually the star of a Nickelodeon style show called. Uh, it's Patsy or hi, hi Patsy or something like that to that event. And uh, when she was like twelve, like and she had like red dyed hair and stuff like that. And so, and so she's since she's now as she's now that she's grown up, she's uh, you know um, she's recognised on the street everywhere she goes as as you know, as oh, I remember you, you're Patsy. Um, but now she's become a uh, radio talk show host. Okay, so, yeah. like a bit like uh, Danny Bonaduce. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly what they've done. Although without the <laughs> heavy drinking yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah it's pretty sweet everybody in show, involved in the show is good production values are excellent and uh, I just I can't get enough of it it is excellent excellent stuff and I'll give uh, a follow up I won't rate it now uh, but uh, I'll give it a, a follow up review when I've watched the last couple of episodes and uh, we'll go from there we'll give it a proper review there at the moment temporary pro- uh, review score 4.5 out of 5 well, there you go. That's pretty damn, pretty damn impressive. So we'll see. A, we'll see what school. happens. We'll see what happens. Cool. So that's it uh, for the reviews. Let's uh, go to Clash of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Did I call it Contest of Champions at the start of the show? I think you did. I think I did, didn't I? I think you did. Bloody hopeless. I don't have a running sheet, so without a running sheet, I, I, there's no use for me. Whose fault was that? Mine. <laughs> it's all my fault. I suck without a running sheet, and it's by far I didn't make one. So this is uh, for this round of Clash of Champions. I can't remember which round it act- number it actually is. Which one is it? It's got to be round twelve by now, surely. Yeah, I think it's round twelve. It's uh, Ahsoka, <laughs> Ahsoka Tado versus Sila. With that introduction, my guess is your vote's for Ahsoka. <laughs> well, I'm going to do the same thing that uh, I did last time. I'm not going to bother like talking about their powers and stuff. I'll just cut the the uh, the in, their powers and abilities and stuff like that into into the show, and uh, then I'll answer your question. So uh, yeah, here's their abilities. Ahsoka, who's nicknamed Snips. Uh, by her master, who was an Anakin, Anakin Skywalker. So she's a Togruta female teenager. 
Um, so, because like I said, we're, just, we're doing the Clone Wars version, so she's still a teenager at this point, um, and uh, she is a trained Jedi. So she's she, by by the end of the show, she's pretty much on the verge of becoming a, a Jedi Knight. Uh, but during the course of the show, she is still technically a Padawan. She has uh, her own lightsaber, of course. Uh, she uses the sort of the back hand, the sort of the facing backwards style of of uh, lightsaber combat. Her main lightsaber is she holds in a, a backhanded grip uh and she has another sort of it's not a lightsaber but it's kind of it's, it's sort of similar sort of deal like a lot smaller lightsaber blade that she uses uh to deflect so the the, the second one's used for sort of mainly for the sort of defensive purposes and the, the her main lightsaber is used for offensive purposes um so she's actually she's she's really quite good uh she manages to fight um quite a lot of people in the show that have shown to be masters like she she duels Asajj Ventures uh, and General Grievous and, one, and she more than holds her own uh, so there's the style the style of lightsaber combat that she uses is to sort of to offset her natural uh, alien agility so she also has enhanced agility uh, which you know so she's more agile than a normal human but she also then uses her force to uh, augment that um, so you try and keep that in mind and she uses that for her combat, she's not as strong as being a, a. This is by no means meant to be offensive in any way, but being a teenage girl, she's not as as strong as some of her opponents are when they're full-grown adults, and one of them's like a giant cyborg dude. Um, but she uses her agility um, and force-enhanced gymnastic abilities in order to basically evade being hit. So she's all about the move out of the way and then dart in for an attack and then so move out of the way. So if you think about that scene and the set it with Yoda bouncing all over the place, yeah. It's not as ridiculous as that. <laughs> it's a cool scene. It's a, it's a cool scene, but let's be honest, it's kind of silly. Um, it's, 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 it's cool in its silliness. But, but yeah, similar sort of deal. So, she, so yeah, she basically she jumps around her opponent and you know hits them in the back and hits them in the head and hits them in the leg and all that sort of stuff in order to wipe the way she fights. She's actually pretty damn cool. I love her a lot. It's like, I think she's brilliant. And she also, but she also is uh, quite good in hand-to-hand combat. She also has the ability to... I mean, of course, she has the Force. I mean, that goes without saying. So she has the, the Force abilities. Uh, but also, um, she has a, a biological ability. So the her race, are the ones that have the sort of like those head protrusions, and those things are actually, uh, they're organs. They're external organs. And they, you, they're sort of, uh, they use sort of like a an echolocation sort of deal. That's not quite accurate, actually. I apologize. But it's, it's a similar, it'll give you an idea, basically. She can, she has, she has better spatial awareness than a human would have because of these sort of things. So, Now, I did specify that it's Scylla as of Season 1. So what happens is everybody in the in the Heroes universe, all the main characters, obviously, all have a power. And Scylla has the unique ability to figure out how something works just by looking at it. And so he uses his ability to look at their brains, and that looking at the brain is enough for him to figure out how their ability actually works. So even though he doesn't genetically have that ability, he can figure it out and therefore then use it. It's a damn shame he didn't have a cat scare machine. It would have been life a lot easier for those. He eventually, <laughs> as the show goes on, he eventually gets the ability to, to figure it out just by watching them do it. Yeah. Uh, so season one, he very specifically has telekinesis. Shattering, which is the ability to explode things just by looking at them. Now it's it's limited. He's not. He can't just explode whole buildings or anything like that. So as it, as demonstrated, I've actually then gone and YouTubed all the bits showing him using these abilities. So he can explode. He explodes um, like a toaster or something like that. So it's it's not 
It's not like he's he's just going to look straight at Daka and just make him explode. Um, he's also got the ability freezing. Um, this is actually quite powerful. Um, like he freezes people solid. It's pretty cool. Uh, melting. Um, and again, it's, it, uh, melting doesn't generate heat. Uh, he he melts. He can melt an object. It's basically turn a solid object into a liquid object, but it doesn't melt it using heat per se. Um, but still quite powerful. Rearranges the atoms or something. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, um, enhanced hearing, precognition, uh, which he gets from Isaac. So Isaac's the character who uh, uses his precog abilities when he's painting. So he paints the future. Mr. Zack! Mr. Zack! Yeah, so um, so for the purpose of this fight, the precog ability is actually kind of pointless. I've specified that there is no prep. Um, so because there's no prep, he doesn't get a chance to fu- paint anything, and so therefore he doesn't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so so, so he can only use the precog ability if he paints something. Yeah, has to okay. paint or draw something. Um, and induced radioactivity, which is probably his most powerful ability, which is at the season at the end of season one, is which is why Peter explodes because he also then copies that ability. Pretty powerful stuff. I mean, even even at this point, it's pretty impressive. Now the most the power he uses the most is telekinesis. That's the one that he, that he starts off with and it's the one he's most comfortable with. So now his telekinesis is, we're not talking Jean Grey level here, um, but it's still pretty good. So he uses it to shield himself. So for example, when the cops shoot him, he, it doesn't hurt. It, it still hurts, but it doesn't, it's not enough to kill him, obviously. Uh, but also, but most importantly, and which is actually the coolest, is he uses it to slice people's heads off. In order to then expose their brain, so he's telling. So he's so it's actually so he's become quite so adapt at using the ability to to slice the top of the skull without so around in a circular motion in order to lift the the, the skull off. Autopsy style, yeah, to expose the brain without damaging the brain. So that's pretty good. So to answer your question, <laughs> who do I think would win? That's what the whole point of the discussion is. Um, I do, I do like Ahsoka. I think she's awesome. Um, and she kicked a lot of ass in the fight that she was in versus Miles. Hmm. If you remember, it was versus Miles and stuff. So that was close. I actually think that was probably one of our better ones. And um, uh, so, but uh, I, but I, and I, so I don't, don't know if you remember, but Solar kicked a lot of a lot of butt in the last fight that he was in. Um, so yeah, I don't know how. To, I don't, well, I don't know how, who, who do you think would win. I, I don't. I, I want Ahsoka to win, but could she actually pull it off? Was the Force stronger than telekinesis? Yeah, see, so yeah, that's the thing. He's basically essentially got her power. That's how he won the last round. He used his telekinesis to hold his opponent still. Yeah. Actually, off the ground, I think. Yes. That is correct. Yeah. But she also has telekinesis. Well, she's got the force. They could, well, the force gives her telekinesis. Yes, but, but telekinesis is just powered by his mind, where she's got the entire force. So you think it's more powerful? Well, the force is. The force. It's about the universe, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just her mind control. That's right. But she has to be trained to use it. So she's so she uses it for force push and force bubble and stuff like that. Which is essentially the same sort of stuff that he does. So you've got her combat training that he has none of. He has no combat training. But he has a ridiculous amount of powers. Mm. So her training and the power of the force versus he's no, pa- no training but insane about her powers. She just needs to get close enough to be able to use her lightsabers. Yeah. Cut off his head. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a Malay fire. Let's just get it out of the way, right? Yeah. So, but does he, like, telekinetically throw stuff at her? 
he was quite fond of the sort of the telekinetic slicing ability. Like he used his telekinesis to slice people's heads off so he can get to the brains and stuff. Yeah. So he's quite, it's quite finely tuned what he can do. Like, and you make it to the sort of like a, a blade, psychic blades. Mm. So he, I reckon he'd be attacking her from a distance before she even got close enough. But, and that's fine. But wouldn't her force be enough to deflect those? I would have thought so. I think he'd at least, maybe he gets a, he gets a cut off which then warns her that he has telekinesis and so it's enough for her to then bubble so that she can get close enough. Well, you can use the force from a distance too. Mm. You've got Vader's force choke. Oh, I don't think she'd be using force choke. I don't, I don't I think I've ever seen her use force choke. That's all I'm saying. She's a force push. It just shows that you can use the force from a distance. You just yeah. have to be up close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So, he's, yeah. So it's a, ta- it's, a, it's a TK fight. She's throwing stuff at him, maybe... Yeah, classic Star Wars style. She's picking stuff up and throwing stuff at him. He's deflecting, cutting, trying to slice her from afar. Force bubble stops it. Mm. She's faster. I mean, this, this, straight off the bat, she's faster and more agile than he is. I think. I think there's actually a chance that Ahsoka can win this because when he uses his shielding, his TK shielding, it's enough to stop the bullet, but he still feels the pressure of the bullet, so he doesn't get. It doesn't manage to penetrate him, but he still it still hurts, and he gets knocked down, and then he flies away. Would it be enough to stop a lightsaber? That's, yeah, so that's what, uh, that's what I think is, if she's get close sharper. enough to hit, it at least the force of the blow is enough to knock him down, maybe shock him enough to then drop the shield. She doesn't even have to do, get close enough, she just has to... Th- just keep pummeling him from a distance? Or she could throw the, the lightsaber. Or even throw the lightsaber? You know what, actually... Uh, my heart was for Ahsoka, and I actually think we, we've, we've proven that she could actually possibly win it. I reckon she's got it. I think so. I think she could probably throw the lightsaber with enough force, like physical force, and use the force for it to pierce his shields and possibly inflict a fatal blow. I'm with you. I think she'd pummel him enough that he would have to stop. Although he does have that funky disintegration power thing. We forgot that. And the radioactivity thing. Yeah, but he has to have the time to use all of those if she gets in first. You know what? That's right. That is right. We're focusing a lot on the TK, but he actually had other... Because that was his favourite thing. But he had other abilities as well. But you're right. If she's just constantly pummeling him... And he gets angry quickly, so that he would maybe not think... Yeah, you know what? This is our, this is our picture, right? This is our picture. He's down in there. He's... You know, mind slicing and all that sort of stuff. And every now and again, he might try to do like, you know, pyrokinesis or, you know, disintegration power or whatever it is, that sort of crap that he has and sort of stuff. And she's running and dodging around him. She just keeps running in a circle. Mm. And she's also throwing blade throw every now and again. He's just getting pummeled. And she's just boom, 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 boom. Not, you know, flash super speed speed, but still Mm. faster than him. So running, dodging, throwing stuff. Every now and again, he might get a push in, like you might actually get a slice. But you know, force defense, she's she's all good. Mm. Maybe every every now and again, he actually actually gets to manage to get a cut. But I'm telling you, most of the damage will just be her just pummeling the crap out of him, throwing the saber until eventually, yeah, he gets angry and either explodes <laughs> like <laughs> like he does in the show, um, or like Peter does, like Peter does in the show, um, or she manages to knock him down. And then it's all over. So then she just leaps in and she'll she know she is. She's going to pummel the crap out of her. Yeah. 
Did you get two lightsabers? Yeah, two. Well, there you go. See, I thought Silo was gonna Silo was gonna win this for sure, but we're really we're in agreement. Two votes. <laughs> There's only two of us here. <laughs> Both can't argue against it. No. It's victory for Ahsoka! Yay! Yay! The Purtle Ad proves we're metal. So uh, Ahsoka moves on to the next round. Yep. Let us know what you think. Disagree? Agree? Hopefully it's agree. <laughs> Otherwise, that's pretty embarrassing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but whether you agree or disagree, uh, it's all good. Zed is, uh, Zed is your opinions. Who do you think should have won? But, that's, uh, but for now... Ahsoka! Decision is final, as you pointed out. Ahsoka's <laughs> loser. Awesome. So like I said, short episode. Let's finish up with Coming Soon. In Australian cinemas, December 3rd, we get In the Heart of the Sea, which stars, strangely enough, Australia's own Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Although I'm not going to rush out to see it. Even though it's got Chris in it, I must admit, I'm not interested in the story itself. You'll see. Which is... Which is uh, uh, it's a retelling. It's a retelling of the story that inspired Moby Dick. You so may, it's not Moby Dick. It's the story that inspired Moby Dick. You may not. You may not rush out to see it, but you will see it. <laughs> uh, Phoenix. It's a post WW two drama following Nally, a concentration camp survivor who suffered a horrible disfigurement. Unrecognizable after facial reconstruction surgery, she roams a broken Berlin in search of the man who may have betrayed her to the Nazis, her own husband. Ooh, you go, girl. Mm-hmm. Get that bastard. Um, uh, the end of the tour, Jesse Eisenberg is a Rolling Stone reporter in this true story, road trip drama from the director of The Spectacular Now. Uh, the night before, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Your favourite? <sighs> so sick of that dude. Sorry, was that Bo's favourite? Uh, three not-so-wise men in this R-rated Christmas comedy. There you go. There's oh. one for Bo. I like Seth Rogen. I very much like Anthony Maggie. The Falcon. He's awesome. But I don't know. It sounds pretty ordinary. And Truth. Kate Blanchett leads his true story newsroom drama as Mary Mapes. So there you go. I thought there was going to be more to that. Well, there probably is more. Do you want me to get more? No. I'll get you more. You seem eager for more. You just, you just said it sort of cut off mid-sentence there. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Gay Planchette leads his true story newsroom drama as Mary Mapes, the CBS producer that led the 2004 charge against President George W. Bush's military service with a piercing 60 minutes investigative report. There you go. Are you excited? No. Australia's own Kate Planchette? No. <laughs> so that's it uh, for coming soon. That's it for episode 171. That was quick. It was uh, quick and to the point, to the point, no faking. Okay. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so I've got both here to restrain me, so I go a bit out of control. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll say to you for uh, next episode, 172, where we'll have the return, the triumphant return, of Dr. Travis Langley to talk about the psychology of Star Wars. Very exciting. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, that was, that's it for me and the only other member of the crew that I've got here, Crystal. Bye. 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 You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.